0: Yeah, Chris is waving kids down. Um, she's got a special lesson planned for you guys. So that's anyone 4 to 11. And uh, have fun. And we're... Uh, we better get going. <laughs> All right. Um, take your Bibles. Actually, yeah, take your Bibles first because that's that's the most important thing. But I, I put a bulletin insert this morning because I kind of knew that... Um, i found it i found my bible been chasing that that theme of of marriage and um, if you turn with your bibles to the book of hosea um, i've talked to several pastors this week and mentioned that we're going to do a quick overview of hosea and they kind of look at me like really where would you start with that where would you start with that book and uh So I think before I go any farther, I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll just ask God to kind of quiet ourselves. Um, This is a pretty somber, reverent topic here, and I know it's been a book that I've kind of skipped over uh, over the years of of my walk, uh, one that I didn't fully understand. I still don't fully understand it, but there's some very graphic pictures in here that's meant to kind of quiet us. Dearly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time, Lord, we thank you for... Just the, the excitement that goes hand in hand with the Lord taking, taking you, declaring you, taking the gospel to nations, to our communities. But Lord, we also understand that um, it involves a spiritual condition of our own hearts. Lord, and there's a, there's a place where we need to stop, just as we did at the Lord's table, there's a place where we need to stop and understand that this is serious business. And I just pray this morning that that in the midst of all the the excitement and the energy, Lord, that's not lost. Lord, help us to get through what we've got to get through. Lord, help me to cut out what's not necessary for you to speak this morning. And uh, I pray that we leave uh, with a, a clarity that maybe wasn't there before. We just pray this in your precious name. Amen. Well, I can't imagine, or can you imagine, being a new believer or a mature believer, opening your Bible um, to the book of Hosea and uh, reading the first two verses. What would your initial <laughs> initial response be? No background, no understanding, um, and unfortunately many people do. Right? They're, they're flipping through and they get to the book of Hosea and they read, "...the word of the Lord came to Hosea, the son of Biri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah." We're beginning to recognize those names, aren't we? Right, with Isaiah and Jonah's time. This is the 2nd Kings 15, the 2nd Kings 17, just before God divorces Israel to Assyria. Right, this is a pretty serious thing, We're just before they're deported. Um, kings of Judah and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. So the person, new believer, no background, reads this and goes, okay, this might be interesting. And then you get to verse 2. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take yourself a wife of harlotry. Hmm? What's this all about, you know? Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. I think all too often... Uh, They get to that point and and either they're curious for the wrong reasons or they just kind of turn the page and and we're on to something that maybe I could understand a little bit better. Well, this morning I I started, well, not this morning. This week I started my study preparing for Hosea. And I asked a couple questions. And you see that on the top of your page here. Why did God ask Hosea to marry a prostitute? That should be one of the first things that you ask when you approach the book of Hosea. Why in the book of Hosea is there the physical illustration okay, of the spiritual, of God's spiritual relationship with Israel? Okay, and that's exactly what we need to understand the book of Hosea is this morning. It's a physical picture, God is the groom, all right, Israel as the bride, but it's a physical picture of the spiritual condition of Israel at this point in time. Uh, third question i asked this week was why does god use the picture of a man and wife standing at the altar right the the solemn oaths that are made before god why does god use this picture and just underneath that line it's because placing your faith in god's promises then placing their faith looking forward to christ for us placing our faith in what christ did at calvary Placing your faith in God's promises is pledging yourself in spiritual intimacy. And we understand what that is this morning, intimacy. You know, the the secret things, and and, and I don't have time to get into that, but, but placing your faith in God's promises is pledging yourself in spiritual intimacy to become one with God through Christ. Husband and the bride become one. Okay? And that's, if nothing else, that's the picture I want to get through this morning. Okay? In that box there, it says prostitution, harlotry, New King James. King James uses whoredom, which is a, a horrible word for a horrible thing. It just feels dirty on, on, on my tongue. Maybe that's because the other words are just accepted today. I don't know. <laughs> right? But whoredom, unfaithfulness, promiscuity that's exactly what accepting sin in your life is before God right all those dirty words when you've accepted a sin in your life that's what it is that's how God sees it and he's given us a picture to understand that turn with me to Genesis chapter 12 and again I'm sorry we'll have to run through this Part of me wants to do it next week, but then I would go crazy this week. <laughs> and those of you that teach would know that. Genesis chapter 12. This is an introduction um, to uh, what we call a meta-narrative. I've used that a couple weeks ago. All right, And we won't take this to extremes as some people do. Or we're prone to take things to extremes. But there are pictures in the Bible that we see from Genesis to Revelation. Okay? Um, we know, uh, and I missed that part, we know John 4.24 says that God is spirit. Right? God is not physical. It's important for us to understand that. All who worship Him will worship Him in spirit and truth. And so we understand our salvation to be a spiritual union with God. And that's what our spiritual life is. So it's in Genesis chapter 12 that we're introduced. Um, one of the first times to, to God as the groom and Israel as the bride. All right. We see here in this passage, we see God is the groom and Abraham, the father of the bride. Because we know Israel comes through Abraham. And read with me in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Sounds a lot like when that man is getting down on his knees with a proposal. Right? He's calling Abraham away from his family, away from his home, to a land that I will show you. We see that picture of proposal. Verse 2, he, 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 he makes a promise. Again, groom, God, Israel, bride. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. There's a promise that God is giving to His bride. I remember Ray Vanderland's video, Lawrence. This is where it it first kind of come on my radar when I first came here Wednesday nights. Verse 3, we have the protection from the groom promised to to the father of the bride where it says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. So you have proposal, You've got the promise, and then you've got the protection from the groom to the father of the bride. Turn with me to uh, Je- or Exodus chapter 19. All right, We know by the end of Genesis that um, Jacob and Joseph are in, e- in Egypt now at that point. right? They weren't supposed to be in Egypt. They were supposed to be in the promised land. They weren't supposed to stay in Egypt. I'm glad I have these notes because I'm kind of rushing through these things. Um, just before we get to Exodus 19, we remember what the signet of promise was. Do you remember that the, the signet of promise God gave Abraham for him to, to be identified with him, almost like that exchange of rings? We remember what that was? That was circumcision. Okay, that was the bride identifying with the groom um, when God saw that they were circumcised. They were betrothed. Okay? They were married to him. All right? Signet of promise. Exodus chapter 19, we find um, in verse 10, we find them at the Mount Sinai. Right? This is just prior to God giving the Ten Commandments that we see as a wedding agreement. In verse 10 it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. And let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Can you see the wedding ceremony beginning here? Right? The people are preparing themselves. The bride of Israel is preparing themselves for wedding day. Right? Three days in preparations. Um, pretty exciting times. We see in Exodus chapter 20, God, the groom, giving the the wedding agreement to Israel. Okay, right? If you're going to come under my headship, if you're going to be my bride, this is what you're going to live by. This is what it's going to look like. Um, We continue by Genesis chapter 20, verse 18. We see the people asking Moses to intercess in between God and the bride, right? the groom and the bride. And I'm sorry I'm rushing this. Um, we see Exodus, but turn with me to Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24, we find that the agreement being stated... Right? Moses has, has placed it before the people. Notice the words in verse 3 of, of Exodus chapter 24. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people and, answered with one, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said, we will do. The I do's. Right? The groom had spoken, we have the I do's. Notice in, in, in verse number 7, all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. God is the groom, Israel as the bride. You keep coming through and, and we, we don't have time to turn there, but you, you have the notes there. I encourage you to take it at home. Right? Exodus 32. All right. We remember Moses and Joshua go up the mountain and what do they do? They get impatient. They ask Aaron to form that golden calf. They play the harlots at the wedding feast itself okay i just that's why i put the caption at the top of this israel was a horrible horrible bride that that intimacy by exodus 32 verse 11 god's like get out of the road moses i'm going to destroy them and moses is pleading for the bride pleading by exodus 33 1 to 7 when you picture god as the groom just saying you know what fine i won't consume them but let's just leave this place Let's just go to the home I've prepared for you. Here is a disappointed, heartbroken groom. God had special things for Israel, and this is what they did to Him. Numbers 14, when they approach the promised land, here's the bride. God has, the groom has the promised land prepared for them, and what does the bride uh, choose to do? They refuse to go in. To the, to the promised home, the promised land that the groom had provided for them. And it helped me understand why God was so harsh on those two generations, right? The bride and that picture. And then I encourage you to, 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 to study that out, and that's part of it. But we, we come back to Hosea, all right? And I really hope that this helps us understand that picture of God is the groom, right? And Israel. As the bride, there's a a spiritual intimacy. When we place our faith in God's promises, it's an intimate spiritual uh, encounter. We see in in verse 1, we've already read it, verse 2, when the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. And, And you read through it through the different versions. Even the children's standard version says, go and marry a woman who will be unfaithful to you. That's the picture of Israel. Go marry a woman who will be unfaithful to you. She will give you children whose fathers are other men. There's no other way to understand it. There's no other way to, 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 to teach this. She will give you children whose fathers or other men. Do this because people in this country have acted like the unfaithful wife towards the Lord. This morning, this was the spiritual heart condition of God's people. Right? And by 2 Kings 17, this is the spiritual heart condition of God's people. This was God's people not spending time in God's presence. This was them not reading the Word of God that He gave them. This was them not taking the time to meditate on what it means to be the bride of God. Right? That spiritual intimacy. This was them not taking time to praise. This was them not taking time to pray. Because that's the only way you can have a good marriage. That's the only way that you can have that that spiritual, well-groomed, actually working relationship with God. Verse 2 is how we see that this is the spiritual condition of hearts of God's people. This was them not going to the house of the Lord. Not observing what God had commanded them. Not preparing their hearts before they come to God. This this, this word, harlotry, describes what they were doing. This was them not teaching their children about the truths of God. Because it's not just a one generation thing. That harlotry passes down, passes down. Hosea has three children here, um, not his own. It doesn't just affect your generation. This was the bride. This is a horrible picture. But when you read verse 2, go take yourself a wife of harlotry, Child, children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing, forsaking the Lord. The picture is the bride, right? The wife, God's wife Israel, willingly and openly. Israel isn't even trying, they're living, they're not even trying to hide their sin any longer here. And that's why Hosea is called. The bride, God's wife is willingly, openly, not trying to hide anything, leaving God at the home, leaving God with supper and the kids to go have sexual relations with other men. That is the, the picture here of spiritual harlotry. This is how God sees spiritual idolatry. right? When we place other things before God. Right? Spiritual idolatry. And we know what those things are. This is how God sees it when we have no time for the things of God. Whether that's our, our devotions, our alone time, or whether that's church on Sundays. God sees that. This is how He sees spiritual idolatry. No interest in the things of God. Right? And we know when we get in those seasons. We're just not interested in this. For some reason, something's wrong. That's spiritual idolatry. This, this picture is how God sees it. This is how God sees spiritual unfaithfulness. How He sees when we're watching, what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're talking about, right? That picture of harlotry, intimate relationship with someone else when we're participating in sin. You know how that word leaves a dirty taste on my mouth? That's how God feels. He's left at home and, and He knows God's people are out committing those things with other partners. You can picture God now as the groom. Picture the wrath of the groom, broken heart, frustration. I don't rule that out. Right? Many times throughout the Bible, God's like, why don't you just stop and turn back? Exasperation. Right? There, ha- there has to be part of that. That is exactly how God feels when we choose to ignore Him. Exactly how God feels when we choose to ignore the things of Him and willfully accept the sinful distractions that come into our lives. This picture of of a cheating spouse. A cheating spouse that has children with other men. Can we see this morning how God's illustrations, God's message, it doesn't change over time. (laughs) It's, It's just as applicable then as it is today. And, and we don't, we guard yourself about saying that's them out there. Right? Guard yourself because it was awfully quiet in the church this week with me going, oh, that's me in here. Distractions, things that come before him. Right? That, that's, that's adultery, harlotry. If I was to outline, and this is part of why I think God had it this way, if I was to outline the book of Hosea, I'd just use verse 2. You see God asking him to take himself a wife of harlotry. You see spiritual unfaithfulness. Right? God tells Hosea to take a prostitute for a wife. That's a picture of Israel's disregard for their spiritual relationship with God. Go, go, go take a prostitute for a wife. That is a picture of what disinterest is before the Lord. God tells uh, Hosea that He was going to see children born from the harlotry, from them choosing other things other than God, from them ignoring God. right? There's proof. You can't hide being disinterested in God. You can't hide ignoring the things of God. You can't, can't hide. It's not something. There will be proof. Here it's children. There's three, their names. The first one's names was God will sow. You're going to get what you're sowing. Right? second one is no mercy. God has drawn a line. right? Verse, verse, verse 9, the last child here, lo-ami, means you are not my people. There is proof. There's always proof of spiritual unfaithfulness. We know God sees spiritual unfaithfulness for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. You can't hide it. God sees it. We talk men's uh, prayer or men's Bible study Saturday morning. What you do behind closed doors is not just you. God sees spiritual unfaithfulness. And you know what? We know what happens in number 17. God deals with spiritual unfaithfulness. Explains number, or 2 Kings 17 explains how far the people had gone and how quickly... Turn with me to Hosea chapter 14 and I promise we'll close with this. As harsh as that picture is, we can't leave God's grace and mercy out of this picture. We can't um, leave out that once you've examined there is a forgiveness. First John 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It was the same back then. Same back then. You've got verse chapter 14. Here is God, the groom, asking Hosea to say this to his bride, Israel. O Israel. Right, and you picture how a groom that's been hurt, wounded, right? just broken hearted, it has, it has, what his wife has been doing. O Israel, return to the Lord. Return to the Lord your God. That's his, his plea For you have stumbled because of your iniquity. We all sin. You've sinned and and you've been sinning. Turn back. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Get on your knees. You've been living this way. You're that far gone. Get on your knees. Say to Him, say to God, Take away all iniquity. What does that sound like? Lord Jesus, forgive me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously, for we will offer up the sacrifices of our lips. Take me back. Forgive me, Lord, and take me back. As wounded as, as God is in here, His grace and His mercy is still there. and I'm so thankful for that in my own life. But we can take that for granted. Israel waited too long. I think the text speaks for itself this morning. As God's word always does when we seek to understand what God is saying. It is a horrible picture in Hosea. A horrible picture. But that's a picture that's played out in each of our lives. Right? And not just once in the blue moon. Not just once a month. That's a daily thing. Right, there's a battle going on, that picture of, of harlotry. I'm so thankful for forgiveness. I'm so thankful for the blood of Christ that paid the price and we just need to come to Him. But when we recognize that it's, it's played out in our lives, it's important to note that accepted sin in your life is spiritual adultery. And all those dirty words that every, every version um, gives us. That's our broken fellowship, First John. Right? You read that differently. That's spiritual adultery. It is running off. I don't like that word. It's running off. Fill in the blank after other things. This afternoon, maybe while we're in the corn maze, maybe maybe while you're enjoying the beautiful day that God's given us. Take a quiet walk. Now that we have that picture of God as the groom and Israel as the bride, New Testament, the spiritual body of the Christ, that's us as the bride. Take a quiet walk and reflect on your life. Reflect on your life, the things that need to be removed, but don't just keep it to yourself. Because we can get pretty creative with that. Talk to your spouse about it. Talk to a, a Christian friend about it. If there are things that need to be removed, come talk to your pastor about it. Just put it in bold at the bottom. Don't stay engaged intimately with that partner who is not God. Don't stay engaged. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for these these books. Lord, we thank you for just how it explains. And, And Lord, you are... You are the perfect illustrator. Lord, and, and I don't like this picture, and I know nobody likes this picture of an adulterous wife, but that's a reality of when we're not spiritually where we need to be before you. I pray that if there's any man, woman, teenager, or child in the room, Lord, that's maybe in that place where they know they're wrestling, they know they're struggling, they know that there's things in their life that they're playing the harlot with, I pray that they would get on their knees. They would ask for forgiveness. They would ask to be taken back. But Lord, I pray that they wouldn't keep it to themselves. I pray that they would ask for help. And I pray that us as a church family would be ready to help. Help us as we work through these truths. Lord, we've just touched it. But Lord, um, as we open your word, the the the, the picture and the truths just keep getting bigger. Help us in our studies. Help us to make it applicable to our own spiritual lives. Let's pray these things in your precious name.